0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Well, welcome everybody across all four congregations this morning. Burgess Hill, Worthing, Crawley and Horsham. One of the exciting things about this morning is it's Burgess Hill's first Sunday morning. So let's give everybody a big whoop whoop up down in Burgess Hill. So... Great. Uh, It's going to be exciting to see what God does in Burgess Hill in these coming weeks, months, and even years. So, we want to really crack into the message this morning, and some of it is going to be a reminder, a recap of what God has already been saying to us this year. But also, we want to kind of see where we are now in relation to that. But also, we want to see where does God wanna lead us and take us this autumn in terms of what He wants to do? So I'm excited, I've been praying into this and I know many others have been praying into not just this Sunday and this message, but this autumn and what God wants to do. So we're gonna be launching into the first part of this season with eight days of prayer and fasting. So this morning, today, the eighth, is the first day of those eight days. And we're going to have a week where we want to encounter Jesus. We want to put everything else aside for the coming week. And we want to put him centre, central, right in the middle of our lives in a fresh way and allow him to do and to say whatever he wants to, to do and say in our lives so that we are fully responsive to him. We're responding to what he is saying so that as individuals and together as a church, we move forward in his purposes this autumn. So we're going to have a a, a great time this morning, but also we're going to have an amazing time this week. You know, we've got Encounter Evenings, we've got other prayer times through the week, and you can check out the, the website for all that information. But let's really put aside everything else this week. Make time, make space. When we give God space, he always fills it with himself. He always does something more, something new. Now, often when we talk about something new, it doesn't mean that everything that's gone before it is a waste of time, but God wants to build on what He's been doing. He wants to add to what He's been doing. And therefore, as He does that, something new and fresh begins to take place in our lives in relation to what He has already been doing so let's uh, let's really dive into the message this morning and see what God wants to say and what he wants to do and how that's going to launch us into the season uh, for the next few few months so we always begin our year as a church with prayer and fasting this year we had 21 days of prayer and fasting. And those 21 days or a time of prayer and fasting always sets the scene, sets the tone and really sets the agenda, the focus of what God wants to not just do during those few days or weeks of prayer and fasting, but what he wants to do through the year. And that then determines our faith. It determines our prayer. It determines our action. It determines the lifestyle that we live because everything that God says needs a response from us so that we then see him do what he says he wants to do. So. God speaks, He leads us, He guides us into everything He wants to do. And so this year, God has been increasing our faith. He's been increasing the dynamic of effectiveness of prayer. We've seen people coming to know Him, people coming back to Him. We've seen some great miracles in people's lives. But how many of you know God wants to do more than what we've already been seeing? Was there a hearty Amen out there across all the congregations? Brilliant. So, Everything that God has been doing has been absolutely brilliant. We wanna thank him, we wanna celebrate that, but we wanna press into more of what God wants to do. And we're gonna look at that a little bit later. What does that mean? What does that look like? And how do we respond to that this week and in the coming weeks in terms of what he wants to do? So if what God says at the beginning of the year then determines our faith, our prayer, our action, our lifestyle, what are some of the things that God has said that we've begun to live in a different way, but also what has he said that we need to remind ourselves of so that something doesn't just become a memory, but we live in the good of what he is saying. We live in the fullness of what he is saying. And, and one of the scriptures that he gave us at the beginning of the year was out of 1 Kings chapter 18. It's the story of Elijah where he had that battle on Mount Carmel with with the Baal prophets. And as we know the story, uh, he, he defeated them or he overcame them. And then the next thing that took place is he says in the story, he heard the sound of heavy rain. And as a result of hearing something, not just physically, but hearing something spiritual, he then responded in a certain way. Now, it's important that we really understand this because God speaks before we see it take place. Elijah heard something and acted on what he heard before he saw what God said he was going to do. And so in response to hearing the sound of heavy rain, Elijah went up onto the mountain and began to pray. Now, there was somebody else that was standing there at that moment. His name was Ahab and he was the king at that point. Now Ahab did not hear that same sound. He didn't pick up what was going on and therefore he did not act in the same way. And so Elijah had some discernment. He had his spiritual antennae up and he heard the sound of heavy rain. He said, I've got to go and pray. I've got to now respond in relation to what I am hearing. So when God speaks to us, it requires a response of faith in relation to what he's saying and as we respond in whatever that right action is in response to his word we then see the outworking of what he has said take place. So Ahab uh, uh, goes off and does his thing, uh, gets on his chariot and goes towards Jezreel but Elijah goes up the mountain to pray. He asks his servant to go and check the horizon. Is there rain yet? The seventh time the seventh time, often maybe the second or third time, we we kind of keep praying, believing, and if it hasn't happened, we think, well, I must have got it wrong or God's not doing it. But the seventh time the servant came back and said, now there is a cloud as small as a man's hand on the horizon. At that moment, Elijah jumps to his feet and he said, quick, go and tell Ahab, get on his chariot and get going because the rain is coming. But the first thing Elijah did, knowing that the Holy Spirit was gonna come upon him, the first thing he did was tuck his cloak into his belt. Now, one of the things that God's been speaking to us about throughout the year is that we need to make sure that everything in our lives is in order. That as he releases his spirit in a fresh way, he doesn't want anything in our lives to be flapping around that could become a distraction, could become a hook for the enemy to trip us over or to cause us to go to the left or to the right in our lives. Elijah tucked everything in knowing that he was going to be running in the power of the Spirit and everything had to be in line. Everything had to be in tune. Everything had to be in order. And so God has been speaking to us as he releases his spirit in a fresh way that our hearts, our attitudes, our motives, our agendas, how we spend our time, what we're doing with our lives need to be tucked into that belt of truth, needs to be tucked into what God is saying in our lives so that we can not only live right in our own lives, but together as a church, we can move in the power of the Spirit. And what happened in that story, as he began to run in the power of the Spirit, he overtook Ahab with his chariots and horses doing something in the natural. And I believe as we continue to press into God, the supernatural is gonna overtake the natural. And we know in our nation at this time, even this past week, everything that's still unfolding to do with Brexit and the nation and all the things taking place, Uh, we, we, We need to see the spiritual overtake the natural. And so we're gonna continue to pray. We're gonna continue to pray for our nation, that the outcome that God wants in the middle of all the agendas, all the factions and dissensions and different groupings and amongst everything going on, that God's kingdom, Purposes are outworked for our nation because God has plans for our nation. He has a call on our nation. He has things for our nation yet to to see happen in relation to God. And so we want to keep praying for God's kingdom to come, His will to be done in this nation as it is in heaven. And we know in those 21 days of encounter that we had back in the beginning of the year, right on the last one of those encounter nights, uh, there was this sense of release this sense of the spirit being released in a fresh way and we we said it was like the rain coming the rain being released and in that story with uh, with Elijah the rain it began to rain heavy rain and we've begun to see the beginning of that rain and uh, I know I don't know about you guys but I want to see more I want to see a greater release but that greater release is something sovereign that God does but he often responds, in relation to how we respond to Him. So we're gonna unpack a little bit more of that this morning as well. So why does God wanna send the rain? What is it for? Well, in Ezekiel 47, there's a story as well in there that God uh, gave us earlier in the year. And for those that don't know the story, just quick recap, Ezekiel 47, there's a picture of the temple and there's a river that comes from the the tabernacle, the altar in the temple, or let's call it for us, the throne room of God. And there's a a river that comes and the the further the river goes from the temple, the deeper it gets, the more effect it has. And then it begins to say in that story, uh, which we're gonna read some of in a minute, uh, the amount of, of, if you like, people getting saved and miracles taking happen, the result of this river of life coming from His throne. And so what does that really mean? Because we can use spiritual language, but we need to know what does that look like in reality in our lives? So God wants to release this river or He is releasing this river of life, this river of salvation. He's releasing His Spirit in a fresh way. How does that come to earth? Well, God spoke about rain. So this river released in heaven, comes down as rain on the earth. But where does that river go? That river goes into our lives. In John 7, 37 and 38, Jesus says this, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. So where does that rain come? That rain comes into people. It comes onto people. You and I, we're filled with the Spirit. We're filled with the life of God. We have these streams of living water that are in us and God wants those streams of living water to flow out of us like streams and rivers of salvation into other people's lives. And we've begun to see the beginning of that this year. We've begun to see an increase of people getting giving their lives to the Lord, an increase of people coming back to the Lord. That's one of the promises God gave in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. We begin to see the first part of harvest would be prodigals coming back. And we've seen quite a number of people coming back to the Lord in the different congregations over the last few months. And we want to see more of that. But also we want to see many, many, many thousands and thousands of people that do not yet know Jesus in our towns, in our our 25 mile radius and even the nation coming to know Jesus Even in the rest of this year, we're not just looking into 2020. We're looking at an increase of harvest in 2019. Anybody say amen to that? Anybody believe that and agree with that? So what does it say in Ezekiel 47, verse 9 and 10? It said, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. So there's a river of God that's flowing. But the river of God flows within us and flows through us. So wherever we are going in response to what he says, that river of life is going to be released. The river of salvation is going to be released. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. What an amazing promise. What an amazing prophetic word there. God's not, he's not just saying, well, there's a couple of people that might give their lives to the Lord or a couple of things that might happen over there. No, He's saying swarms of living creatures. Wherever the river flows, uh, uh, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore. That's you and I. We're fishermen, spiritual fishermen. We'll stand along the shore from it says Engedi to Englaim, but from, from Horsham out, from Burgess Hill out, from Worthing out, from Crawley out, from wherever we are in our communities, our streets, it says, fishermen, you and I will stand along the shore, and there'll be places for spreading the net. So God's not just after ones and twos, he's after multitudes. The fish will be of many kinds, different ages, different colours, different culture uh, uh, of people like the fish of the great sea. And then verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Congregations will be springing up, will be spreading out in these coming years to come. How many of you believe that one? Their leaves will not wither. That's a brilliant word. Their leaves, as long as we stay rooted, plugged in, dependent, humbling ourselves and saying, God, without you, nothing's going to happen. As we stay totally plugged into Him, This river of life is going to continue to flow. This river of life is going to increase. Everything that God is saying, we're going to see more of. It says, Their leaves will never never wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear. Every month, it says. Everybody say every month. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them, not to us. It flows from us out to the people that need it. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves For healing. Every river needs river banks. Uh, a, A river without banks becomes a flood. And when there's a flood, everything is destroyed. And so we're not just saying, God, flood the earth, flood the town, flood the places, flood the people. No, flood causes damage you you it, it, the flood water you can't drink it you can't use it to irrigate everything everything is ruined when there's a flood and so that's why god doesn't say i'm going to send a flood he said it's rivers of salvation because river needs river banks And so as He releases His Spirit, the riverbanks are the Word and God speaks to us and and He shows us through His Word how He wants us to live, how He wants us to be, how He wants us to believe, how He wants us to pray, the decisions that we need to make because that river needs banks to take it to wherever it needs to go. And so His Word is like the riverbanks in our lives. The river is His Spirit working, the Spirit and the Word working together to take us where He needs us to go to see the harvest and the fruitfulness that He wants to see in and through our lives. And so we want to be riverbank people. We want to be people of the Word, but we also want to be full of the Holy Spirit so that He can move in and through us in the ways that He wants to. Now, so far this year, have we seen the fullness of what we've just read? No, not yet, but we're on the way. We've seen a measure of what God is speaking about. But when we read his word and what we've just seen there, it seems to be like an unlimited measure. And so God releases his spirit in an unlimited way. And as he works in our lives, he deals with the limited things of who we are so that he can release his unlimited life and spirit in a fresh way. And so Pastor Colin put it earlier in the week uh, on Tuesday morning at the keynote and he put it in a brilliant way, he said, God wants us to be living in multiplication, harvest and abundance. And at the moment we're living in addition, gleaning and blessing. So we're seeing addition in terms of what God is saying. We're gleaning a little bit of harvest and we are living in blessing because we're children of God, we are blessed and we'll always be blessed. But God wants that blessing to become abundance. How many of you know abundance is more than you can handle? More than enough. It's not just for us. The abundance spreads out to many. How many of you want to go from gleaning to harvest where it's not just some good conversations or maybe somebody's interested in knowing the Lord or maybe you know one or two have given their lives to the Lord here and there. How many of you want to move from gleaning to harvest? How many of you want to move from addition to multiplication? How we respond this week in the prayer and fasting, how we respond to what God is saying and doing amongst us will determine how we move from addition to multiplication, gleaning to harvest and blessing to abundance. So this week we want to humble ourselves. We want to submit ourselves afresh to the Lord. That doesn't mean we're not. uh, But you know when you give God a bit of space, you know when you put everything else aside and you say, God, I want to give myself to you in a fresh way I want you to speak I want to respond in whatever way is relevant to what you say maybe my thinking still needs to change maybe there's areas of faith that you want to release in my life and we'll come to some of that in a minute but we want to humble ourselves and we want to say God Work and do something new and fresh amongst us. Build on what you've already been doing. Move us from addition to multiplication, gleaning to harvest, blessing to abundance. One of the other things God's been saying in relation to this over these past few months is about his lordship in the home, his lordship in our daily life, in our homes, families, households, where we live. And we looked at him wanting there to be his shalom, his total well-being his complete wholeness his abundant life nothing missing nothing lacking the way things are supposed to be we look for a few weeks at so what does it mean for, to have his lordship in our in our homes so often in in churches we we talk about individuals and how we are individually doing with the lord or often we talk about as a church or a church that we are part of how we are serving in the church or how we are part of the vision but how many of you know that that really the health and well-being of a church starts in the home, and if we have healthy families, healthy marriages, healthy households, healthy homes, where His Lordship is is really priority number one in our homes? How many of you know that then when we come together as the body of Christ? then something of his lordship and life is going to be released in an even greater way because his lordship is a reality in our homes. And many of you know, we can't be one thing in our home, but something else when we join together in a small group or uh, in, in a, on a Sunday morning or, or in something else where we gather together. How many of you know that, that there's, there's no separation in God's mind uh, and in God's heart, how he sees our lives. He doesn't compartmentalise things in, in, in that way. And so we looked at Uh, uh, what does it mean to live in the Sabbath rest of God? What does it mean to uh, rest from our own efforts and labour? What does it mean to live in Christ, be dependent on Him? But also what does it mean to make space in in our week as a family, as a household? Uh, to get around the table, to uh, eat together, to have communion together, to pray for one another, to see God work and do powerful things in our homes and in our lives. And so as as I know there's been stories uh, across different congregations as people have done that, they've seen breakthroughs, they've seen release in different ways, they've seen uh, uh, things just released in their families and excitement in their own children about breaking bread together, eating together, praying together and seeing God do things. We've heard stories of things happening, changing in, in Uh, In schools to do with kids' own lives because they've prayed about a challenging situation in their homes, in their families, and it something God has answered, and something has changed as a result. So we know that we heard about being priests in our home or modern day word, pastor, that I'm not the pastor in your home. You are the pastor in your home. You have the authority to rule and reign in your home. If I come to your home, I'm a guest, I'm a visitor. If we have communion together or we have dinner together, you're the one who's going to lead communion. You're the one who's going to pray. You're the one I'm there to encourage and support, but you're the pastor in your home. And God has given you that authority to see his rule and reign in your home. So I want to encourage you as well as remind you you, if you haven't necessarily responded to those messages about His Lordship, just take some time, make a time with your family, make a time, invite friends round, eat round, you know, get round the table, eat together, break bread together, have communion together, remember who He is and what He's done, pray for one another, release the Word and the Spirit over each other's lives and see what God does. Why do we want healthy homes and families? Because there's a harvest, there's a harvest and many families are fragmented, many homes have all kinds of issues. And, and as people give their lives to the Lord and households get saved, whole households get born again, we need to be able to show how do you live as a household? How do you have great family life? How do you parent your kids? How do you have healthy relationships, parents to children, children to parents and all those kind of things? We, we want to be living that already so that we're ahead of the game, ahead of the curve. So that as we see more households and families getting saved, we're already living as a prophetic example so, to show people how you can now live a healthy life with God right at the centre of it. Now, as well as what we've looked at so far, another thing before we get on to moving forward is God has spoke to us about being a house of prayer for all nations. Now, that's something God has spoke about for a long time. And we've had different Uh, ways in which we've been doing that. But over these past two or three months, God has been speaking not just to Jane and I and and one or two of the leaders, but many people in the church, particularly people involved in prayer in different ways, about being a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus said in Matthew 11 verse 17, my house would be called a house of prayer for all nations. It's when he went into the temple and they were uh, ripping the people off really with the way they were buying and selling and uh, for people to take sacrifices and to get their sins forgiven he said, look, you've made this place a den of thieves, a den of robbers, but I've but, but God has called it to be a house of prayer for all nations. Why does God call us to be a house of prayer for all nations? Why do we pray? What is prayer for? It's to bring everything into alignment with God. That's why we pray. One of the things God's been saying in relation to that and the kind of prayer or the, the way that God wants us to pray is the kind of prayer that is like we're demanding from God to answer what He said He wants to do. And, and Pastor Connie came out with a phrase earlier in the year, we will not be denied. And God wants us to pray that bold, those courageous prayers that are saying, I'm gonna pray this and God, you will not deny me the answer, the breakthrough, the release. God wants us to pray prayers like that. And we're gonna be praying a bit like that this week when in different settings, whenever we're gonna be praying, we're not gonna be saying, Father, would you mind, would you, if it's not too, you know, if you're not too busy somewhere else, no, God's saying, hey, come on, Kingdom Faith, demand from me the release of my spirit. Demand from me the answers that I want to bring on earth. Don't give up. Push through, press through, break through, keep going. Be full of faith, be full of courage. Demand from me the answers that I want to release. Why? Because we're praying in line with His will, His heart, His purposes. So we're going to be praying like that. How many of you know that the prayers of the saints are the tipping point for people's lives? It's the tipping point to see God move in. Nations. So he wants us to govern and legislate in prayer. Part of that response is going to be ongoing. But we uh, at Roffey Place, where we have a prayer room, we're moving that prayer room to a bigger room, and uh, we're going to have two prayer rooms, not just one. And we want to begin to to develop much more worship and prayer together. So we have more worship and prayer watches. So we don't just wanna uh, kind of strategize and come up with a a 24-7 prayer thing. Here you go, there's this out for this, this out for that. God is speaking to quite a number of people and people have already been responding in worship and in prayer. And and so we want the Holy Spirit to lead it, but we've gotta make space for God to develop that and increase it. And one of the things we're gonna be doing this week Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights before the encounter evenings officially begin at 7.30. From about five o'clock onwards, uh, we're going to have the the building open and uh, there'll be worship going on and people can come and worship, begin to encounter God and meet with God from five o'clock onwards. So anytime from then onwards, you can come. And uh, if you're arriving for 7.30, absolutely brilliant. And we'll kind of flow into whatever God wants to do. But we want to we fill, we, we want this place to be full of his presence. We want to be full of who he is so that it won't be just rock up at 7.30, then we're going to start. But from five onwards, if you, if you can come earlier, absolutely brilliant. If you can't make it till 7.30, don't worry, just make it for when you can get here. And uh, we want to encounter Jesus this week. We want to give him the space to do what he wants to do. So we're a praying people because God wants to bring things into alignment. That's why we pray. So we've covered quite a few things, reminding ourselves of what God has been saying over these last few months. And when God says stuff, he doesn't just say it so that we have information. He doesn't just say things so that we know what he's saying. He speaks so that we know how to respond. He speaks so that we know what he wants to do. He speaks so that faith is authored or faith is released in our lives for what he then wants to do. And one of the things God's been speaking to us about uh, in terms of faith is in this story in Genesis 26, where it talks about Isaac and there was a famine in the land. In the context of that famine, God spoke to him and said, don't go to Egypt stay where you are. And he said, where you are is the place where I'm gonna bless you and that's where I'm gonna be with you. And so Isaac stayed in the land and then said, in that year, the year of famine, he sowed seed and reaped a hundredfold harvest. That's a miracle, that is (laughs) miraculous, that's a God thing. And we have famine all around us, spiritual famine. Many, many people that we know, our communities and beyond, don't know Jesus. There's spiritual famine out there, but yet we're not in famine as believers. We have these river, we have this river of life. We have the Holy Spirit. We have His Word at work in us. We are living in abundant life. We're not living in famine, but God wants that abundant life that we have to come into the famine that is around us. And there's different ways that take place. We we begin to sow into that in prayer. We then sow into that in action, in responding to what God is saying to us so that what is famine around us begins to have that living water come into it to change it and to turn it around so that then that also becomes a place of harvest, a place of life, a place of release in terms of what God wants to do. And in that context of miracle that Isaac saw, in the context of what God wants us to see in terms of his miracle life at work, the next thing he did, he then went and unstopped some wells there were the, the, the Philistines around at the time with Isaac that didn't like the fact that he was being blessed. He was in, in, in that situation becoming powerful, wealthy, his flocks and herds and everything was on the increase. And the Philistines didn't like that so they went and, f- and stopped up with earth Abraham's wells. So Isaac's father was Abraham, the generation that went before him had already dug some wells. Uh, and and lived in the good of what had been dug. And uh, Isaac knew that he needed to unblock those wells in order to water his sheep and to irrigate land and everything else that he needed. And there's a really, really important lesson that we need to not just learn, but we need to continue to live in the good of that there are people that have gone before us in our lives. Pastor Colin and Caroline are two of those that have constantly gone before us, breaking ground, digging wells, that many of us live in the good of their life, their legacy. They're still here. They're still fully involved in everything going on. And and so they're still leaving a legacy. They haven't left a full one yet because they're still here. But they're, they're leaving a legacy that we are living in the good of. And we need to make sure that there's nothing stopping up any well of legacy that has already been dug, dynamics of life and faith and, and everything else that we're living in the good of. We want to make sure that, that those wells are fully unblocked because that helps to bring greater release and momentum into the now of what God is doing. So we need to make sure we're honouring not just the past, but we're honouring who they are now and others that have gone before us because where there's honour, there's a release of God's power. And we see that in Jesus' ministry where they they honoured him, there was a release of power. Where they didn't, he can only do one or two things. Amazing how, how God works in relation to our response. And so there's a legacy, but there's also now. And what did Isaac do? In that moment, he dug new wells. And when he dug new wells, there was dispute, there was opposition, but then he kept digging other wells till it got to the point where there was room to flourish. And in every generation, there needs to be uh, well digging, if I can put it that way. In our generation now, we're digging wells, we're going for it, we want to press into God because we live in the good of everything that's gone before and that all is relevant right now. But in every generation, there's a release in that generation of time for what God wants to do. And so one of the things we're doing this week as we pray, as we press into God, we're going to continue to dig the wells that God has called us to dig. What does that mean? What does that look like? I want to tell you a quick story. Wells, you can either kind of go for surface water, the water table, and you'll get a certain amount of water, but it's limited. But when you dig a, a well where you want an unlimited supply, you have to go beyond the bedrock. You have to go beyond that kind of resistant moment. And there's a story of, uh, this is a real genuine story, in Jericho now in, uh, in, uh, in Israel, where uh, there's a ministry there and uh, they uh, believe God was speaking to them about digging a well. And so they got in, in contact with the department uh, the government department that deals with that kind of thing and so they came down with their machines and they and they went around different parts of Jericho to kind of see where there might be water that you could dig a well and uh, they discovered that the guy who, who actually runs this ministry in Jericho it, they found in his back garden that was the place to dig a well <clears throat> and so uh, so they, they got all this equipment in and they started to uh, to dig this well. But it got to the point where they basically hit this bedrock. And the, the, the drilling company said, look, um, we, if, if, if you want to go any further, it's going to cost you a, a lot of money. You know, so far it's been, it hasn't cost that much. But to get through the bedrock, to get to the, where this water's supposed to be, you're going to have to spend a lot of money, a lot of money. And the guy who led the ministry, this is what he said to them. He said, God has said Job done. He said, God has said. He said, it doesn't matter what the cost is. God has said there's water there that's been confirmed by these guys. So just keep drilling. And these guys then kept drilling. And and it didn't take long because the bedrock, although in your mind, when there's opposition, you think you're never going to get through. The bedrock actually wasn't that thick and and they got through it and suddenly they hit this river of water that was running underground. They didn't just just hit a pocket of water, they hit this river of water that was underground. And when they hit this river of water, this thing obviously shot, shot up. And one of the things that God said to them before is, is I want you to drill for water, And the money that you get for drilling for water is going to help support and supply the finances you need for the ministry and what I've called you to. And so they set up a bottling plant. They now sell the water in Israel around the nation and they use the water as well just to give away to Palestinians and to others that need it. Now, the amazing thing, why am I telling you this story? This is amazing what they then realized once they'd hit this river of water in 2 kings chapter 2 there is a story uh, with elijah where the town come to him and say the water is bad and the land is unproductive And he says, bring a new bowl, put salt in it. And he tipped the salt in and then he prophesied over what he'd done in terms of tipping the salt into the river and said, from this day onwards, this river will never be contaminated again. It will run clear. Well, what they found out is that river that they've tapped into is the same river that Elijah tipped the water into and is still running today and this endless supply of water that is now giving water to others. So what is God saying to us? When we, when, when we pray, when we press in, when He speaks, the enemy's going to resist. Circumstances might say something different. And when we hit the rock and when we hit resistance, we've got to keep going. You get a bad report, let's keep going. You get negativity, let's keep going. And we keep going because if we go through that bedrock, through the resistance, through everything that says this is not going to happen or it hasn't happened yet, as we keep going, we get to the best, we get to the purest, we get to what God wants to release so that the river of salvation overtakes everything else. It would have been easy in that moment to say, there's, there's no water here, let's go and drill somewhere else. God does not want us to give up on harvest. He doesn't want to give us to give up on multiplication. He doesn't want us to give up on abundance. We've, ju- we've seen the beginnings. We've seen the taste of it. We've seen a fresh release of the Holy Spirit. But let's not sit back and say, "Well, well, where is the more of what we've been talking about? Let's continue to move forward. Let's continue to press into God. Let's continue to release the faith that God has already authored in our lives, but let's press into more so that as He speaks, a greater dynamic of faith is released. And as we act in response to what God is saying, we see a greater release of of lives being changed and transformed. So we're coming into this eight days of prayer and fasting, eight days of encounter, worship, prayer, God moving amongst us. Some of this week is going to continue to unblock any wells in our lives that need to be unblocked. This week is going to be digging new wells in our lives and seeing a fresh release of His Spirit in us. Some of it's going to release a greater dimension of faith in our lives. What does faith do? Faith enables us to see something that is not happening at this moment. Faith gives you, opens your spiritual eyes, and you begin to see something on the inside of you that is more powerful than what is on the outside of you. And that's why we need to hear God. God leads us by His Spirit. He leads us by His Word. And He'll always say things to us that require steps of faith because the Christian life is a life of faith. The Christian life is a life of taking steps that we spiritually see, that in the natural we don't see. But what does the Word say? His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our Path. So when God speaks and we take a step of faith, as we take that step, it lights up. And the way goes before us. Sometimes we look and say, Okay, God, you've spoken, but where is it then? We say, Okay, God, you spoke, but I haven't seen it yet. And he's like, yeah, I'm speaking. So that when you take that step of faith, things begin to light up, things begin to move, things begin to change. So let's be that people of faith this this week and this season in response to what God is saying. As he releases that faith, as he works in our hearts and lives this week, what's going to happen? Bold, courageous prayer is going to rise. Fervent, effective prayer is going to rise. An attitude in our hearts and lives is going to get stronger of we will not be denied because that's what is in God's heart. God is on his throne and he's saying, hey, kingdom faith, come on, I am not going to be denied. I've called you, chosen you for such a time as this. I'm working in you. I'm releasing my spirit afresh amongst you and you will not be denied my purposes. You will not be denied the harvest. You will not be denied the multiplication. You will not be denied the abundance of what I've been promising and speaking over your lives. So just submit yourselves afresh to me. Humble yourselves afresh to me. Let me come upon you. Let me come in you in a fresh way. Let me release who I am through you in a fresh way so that everything I'm speaking about will be fulfilled. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So we're going to pray in a moment and we're just going to set ourselves for everything God wants to do this week. Really today is this morning, it's just a charge for this week. It's a come on Kingdom Faith, come on, let's be who God's called us to be. Let's be who He's purposed us to be. Let's step more fully into who He's called us to be in this coming week. Next Sunday, we're gonna have a, what we call Next Step Sunday. What does it mean to live a next step life? So we're called to have a relationship with God. We walk with God and so we take steps with Him. And there are going to be some very, very real and practical steps that God wants us to be taking in our lives. Because we can be motivated. We can be infused. You can hear a message like this and hopefully you are being encouraged and you're like, come on, let's go. And uh, But there's there's some real steps that we need to take. So God is going to be speaking this week. He's going to be working and moving in our lives. And then next week, we're going to have a Next Step Sunday. What does it mean to live a Next Step life, to be constantly moving forward, constantly walking with God and what He is doing. And we're gonna be looking at all kinds of things. What does that mean in our lives in very, very practical ways? What does it mean serving? What does it mean in small groups? What does it mean in our homes? What does it mean in our marriage? What does it mean in the workplace? What does it mean in our school and college? What does it mean in the community? What does it mean for the 25 mile radius? What does it mean for the nation? Next step, life. Because God wants us to live from an eternal perspective on our lives, not a temporal perspective. He wants us to live from a kingdom perspective, uh, uh, his kingdom but not an earthly kingdom. He wants us to live with a heavenly minded uh, mindset, not an earthly centred mindset. And so uh, we're going to be kind of cracking into that next week in response to what God is going to do this week so let's all stand together wherever you are in your congregation let's jump on our feet I'm going to pray for a minute and then the congregation leaders are going to kind of take it on the worship band is going to come up we're just going to continue to flow on for a few minutes and respond to the Lord Father we thank you for who you are We thank You for what You've been doing. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that every person who's listening to this message will be charged by Your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank You right now for that release of Your Spirit in a fresh way in every person, in every life. Doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how newly saved or how long we've been saved. Father, I thank You for that fresh release right now. Father, I pray You would find us responsive to You, responsive to Your Word. Father, we want to give You space this week that you can fill it, you can move amongst us in a fresh way, in every congregation, in every heart, in every life, in every home, in every family, everything represented by who we are, that your river of life would flow afresh in and through our lives. So Father, we stand before you this morning. We just present ourselves to you as a body. We want to humble ourselves afresh to you. We want to be totally dependent on who you are. Father, you're speaking things that none of us can accomplish in our own efforts and strength. Everything we've been hearing is completely beyond any of us to be able to fulfil in our own efforts. Only you can fulfil your word. But we know you you do that in us and through us. So Father, we just surrender afresh to you. Kingdom faith belongs to you, Jesus. Who we are as a body, as a church, we belong to you. Our lives are not our own. You've bought us with a price, they belong to you. And we thank you right now for what you're gonna do this week as we meet, as we encounter you, as we pray, as we seek you, as you move and work amongst us. We thank you for harvest this autumn. We thank you for moving us from addition to multiplication, gleaning to harvest and blessing to abundance. We praise your mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Bless you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.